Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. And you people are tuned in with us again to Civic Cypher. Indeed you are. A um, lot to stick around for today. As you know, it has been a sad week. Um, another mass shooting event, another school shooting event. Um, and we are going to definitely take some time to examine that uh we're going to ask a few questions that we hope to leave you with so that you know we all can do some soul searching and find the answers that are appropriate for us to move forward um and one of the things we're not going to do is pretend like this hasn't happened before and it'd be hard for us to pretend like it won't happen again. So we are going to respect your intelligence uh, in asking these questions. But indeed, uh, we feel it's necessary to break down kind of where we are with this country. And we have to come to terms with some things that, you know, we do on this show consistently and give credit where it's due. Um, that partly comes from Q wanting us to make sure that we acknowledge, you know, heroism uh, when we have, we actually saw it and everything else. So a lot to stick around for insofar as that's concerned. Um, we're also going to be uh, discussing our way black history fact as uh, a former slave who actually arrested a sitting president once upon a time. So for those folks out there thinking that what is happening to our former president, that being unprecedented, uh, we got news for you today in the Way Black History Fact. That and so much more to stick around for. But first and foremost, uh, this is Q's favorite part of the show. We call it Ebony Excellence. So how you feel about getting some Ebony Excellence, Q? Shall we? I think we shall. So uh, today's Ebony Excellence is sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Media. And we're reading from BlackEnterprise.com. Uh, the title of this one, A New Orleans Teen Makes Impressive Mathematical Discovery, or rather New Orleans Teens. So um, I'll read this. The ingenuity of children has always been inspiring. New Orleans teenagers, Kalsia Johnson and Nikaya Jackson. Ingenuity enabled them to figure out a mathematical equation that had seemingly been impossible. According to 4WWL, Johnson and Jackson demonstrated that Pythagoras' theorem can be proven with trigonometry. The high school students presented their findings at the American Mathematical Society's annual Southeastern Conference. It's uh, this is a quote. It's really an unparalleled feeling, honestly, because there's just nothing like being able to do something that people don't think young people can do, Johnson told 4WWL. She goes on to say, a lot of times you see this stuff, but you don't see kids like us doing it. Uh, 4WWL reported that mathematicians have tried to prove Pythagoras' theorem can be proven with trigonometry, trigonometry for 2,000 years. This is a lot of stuff to say. I'm not going to pretend like I know what any of this stuff means. <laughs> but these kids do. These little black girls. This is black girl ebony, uh, black girl excellence, black girl magic uh, in the highest order. Um, yeah, they've, they've been trying to prove this using trigonometry for 2,000 years. Um, and a teacher challenged them to prove the theory. Uh, the Griot reports that Johnson and Jackson's abstract adds that the book with the largest known collections of proofs for the theorem, Alicia Loomis's The Pythagorean Proposition, 
flatly states there are no trigonomic proofs because all the fundamental formulae of trigonometry are themselves based upon the truth of the Pythagorean theorem. So they broke mathematics for the better, and we as human beings are a little bit further along. So that's your ebony excellence for the day. Now, the Nashville shooting. Um, this is the 130th mass shooting event of 2023. 130 of them have happened. Um, and I, you know, if you're online on social media, you probably come across the same statistics that I do that other countries don't have mass shootings because they've taken steps and they've, you know, organized their guns, their firearms and so forth and so on. Um, I, I remember mentioning that the United States has the most private firearms uh, in our personal arsenal, uh, arsenals, I should say, than the next like 10 countries combined. And we're the third largest country and number two and number three on the list are China and India, which are the number one and number two largest countries in the world. And then it goes on to include like, uh, you know, Pakistan and Great Britain and all the other countries on the list. And we have more than all of them put together. And that we do have a gun problem. Wow. Yeah. You remember that? I remember sending that to you. How many shootings have we had this year around 130 mass shooting events you know there haven't been 130 days this year yet yeah there hasn't been 100 days this year yet yeah there yeah. hasn't been 90 days this year yet all 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 true and again all things that that people come across on your social media so you know the one thing we don't want to do is insult your intelligence we know that this is a tragic thing and you know we don't like to deal with tragedy but unfortunately that's the nature of the show um obviously we deal with issues that affect you know black and brown communities primarily and marginalized peoples in this country and as a result um, we often deal with a lot of police issues and so today the reason we're talking about this is because um we had a lot to say about the nature of police, the purpose of police, especially after the uh, Uvalde school shooting. Um, we were very critical of the police's response at that time. And on this show, we have been critical of a lot of police responses. You know, again, we do our best to advocate for black and brown people, black and brown bodies, black and brown communities and marginalized communities in this country. And um, so being critical of the way policing is done is kind of part and parcel for what we do here. However, um, when police actually do something that goes against, you know, let's, let's be fair, goes against human instinct, we're running toward the danger. Um, <clears throat> when police do things that we would consider above and beyond the scope of what the normal duty is and could be considered a heroic action 
um, and police end up, you know, who's to say what, how the outcome would have been different. But if we're being generous here, we'll say if police indeed save lives uh, as a result of their actions, then we have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, I, and I also think, Rams, is that you said above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're supposed to do. Okay. Yeah. That's it. I just wanted to go back to that. I don't think that them being heroic is above and beyond because that's kind of what you sign up for. Yeah. To go to go toward the danger in the name of protecting and serving the public. Right. For those that actually do that, it should be considered heroic. It should. But it shouldn't be considered above and beyond because that should be the expectation if you signed up and applied and tested and trained for that job, it's not like the military once upon a time where there was a draft yeah. where you're drafted into the civic duty of being a police officer. And then whether or not you're brave is kind of a lottery shot Yeah. for most police agencies in this country. You voluntarily sign up for that gig with all that comes with it. So it should not be beyond scope or beyond expectation for you to do what, this what heroic job do. that you applied for. I think that, um, you know, one of the things that I think what I was trying to suggest in that moment is that police are allowed to be human beings. And I want to couple that expectation with police are supposed to be supposed to represent the best of us right and so um if police are allowed to be human beings then going against that very nature that that instinct that says if i go here i'm going to be harmed hurt shot die or i could be rather could be sure but going against that that requires courage that a a level of courage in most people may never face, mm-hmm. may never even face. And so that's what I was trying to acknowledge. So maybe uh, he- hero is not the right word, but no, I no. certainly want to acknowledge. I think hero is the right word. Okay, okay. Cool. I just don't think it should be framed as above and beyond. Okay. Then, when that's then, okay. the job Fair you're point. signed up for. Fair point. You know, Fair even point. if it is against your normal instinct, but I think that's the point. That's why it's also heroic. Mm-hmm. It's what the job calls for, but to sign up for that job and then do that job should be heroic. Mm-hmm. The reason why we kind of on this show argue against police officers being called heroes is because they don't so do they don't do anything. They're not heroic. doing the yeah. heroic thing. They just get called. They're that. doing the people thing. Sure. And that's fair that you're behaving the way that a human being normally would in these circumstances, right. but that isn't what you signed up for. That's why when we're scared and when we're in danger, we call you. Mm. Hey, hero people, can you come do some hero stuff over here cuz we're terrified. Yeah. So and y'all got the guns. Yeah. So I think so. what you said is fair. I think using the word hero in that instance is fair. Okay. Good. good. Um. So, uh, why are we talking about this in the first place? Well, I'll let you uh take the floor here because you sent over a video for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to talk the people through it and talk me through it because I didn't I didn't actually watch the video. Um, for for you listening, uh, as you may or may not know, on this show we um take turns when it comes to reviewing videos where uh, violence is displayed. And so um, 
So you talk to people through what the video was about. The the thing that I think we do here kind of masterfully is that we paint a picture with strokes that don't require us to use pencils, but wide brushed paint brushes. Mm-hmm. Um, the specifics of this video that need to be pointed out is it is a video from the vantage point of a police officer mm-hmm. from a body cam of the officer speeding toward the danger and proactively with urgency with haste making the i need to go and try to save and or protect and or apprehend and or stop the people that i need to protect and the person that's putting them in danger in that order and there's no other way to translate this video. Like even if you were somebody who's made your career or your life on the stance that police are by nature awful, which is not what we do. But even if you did, if you watch this video and that's your stance on this officer, then something's wrong with you. You got a pocket for that. Right. Every decision made in this video. And I think we can make it available on on our social media Mm -hmm. for you guys to watch it is of an officer who's determined when he left the house that day that if he were put in this or probably long before he left the house that day mm-hmm. that if he were ever put into this position maybe it was when the Uvalde shooting happened maybe that was the day he said not on my watch mm-hmm. but whenever that decision happened it was before this day because he was ready and from the car speeding toward the scene to this person getting out of their vehicle and like i said in post haste moving toward danger it was clear that this officer's dedication to the job dedication to the the public that they served was real was authentic was brave was heroic was all the things that when children say they want to be police officers when they grow up this is what they're thinking far before they know to be afraid far before they know the, the the mortality of human beings and that by simply signing up for this job that you might not make it home every day, right? That very, very heroic, very, very um, idealistic image of law enforcement and policing that children have when they make that, this is what I want to do when I grow up statement. This person grew up into that person. Mm. And I'll find out the officer's name. Ram, just remind me so that we can say that officer's name either today or the next time we record. It's Officer Michael Colazzo. Hero. Colazzo. Michael Colazzo. Michael Colazzo, comma, hero. Mm. So that's why I'm saying I don't have a problem using that word at all. Mm-hmm. It just sadly doesn't always apply. There, and that's and in this career choice, it should. Yeah. That should be the expectation. Yeah. The expectation for the pilot flying my plane is that he'll take it off and land it safely. That's the expectation. Mm-hmm. We don't stand up and cheer like we should because it's quite miraculous. <laughs> but the reason that we don't is because it's a pilot. If I flew a plane and landed it, people would jump for joy. Oh, my sure. God. The guy who from 24C got up and landed the plane. Yeah. When the pilot does it because that's the job that they trained and signed up for, the expectation is that they will execute that job almost with perfection because not doing it with perfection could result in all of us losing our lives. And that is our point. People that is the point we try to make every time you hear us being hypercritical of police, the job that you signed up for does not come with the margin of error that would allow you to kill us or allow us to be killed while you're there hiding and protecting yourself. So 
I don't mind at all my brother, my teammate, calling officers who act heroic, even if it is just doing the basics of the job heroic, mm -hmm. because like he said, it is against human nature to run towards the fire. It is against human nature to not cover up and duck for cover and hide behind shelter and protect yourself. However, the reason that you get paid, the reason that you're trained and the reason why you're armed is so that when these situations arise, you protect and serve private citizens who do not have your training or your ammunition or your backup, not so that you kill them when they call you for help because they're having mental breakdowns or because they were driving too fast or because they ran the light or because their taillights out or all these benign reasons that should not conclude a person's life. And even if I said the most serious of crimes in that list that I just said, those people ending up dead at the end of their, at the end of their interaction with you should not be the case. Sure. Sure. You know, there's, um, so there's this video that I saw recently just so that we have, uh, we're able to kind of make the, uh, establish the, the contrast. Um, I was looking at a video the other day um, online and this looked like it was a Hispanic man in California, younger looking guy um, and driving some sort of sports car got pulled over uh, somewhere in California for having tent being too dark, had all this paperwork in order. He was leaving the gym. Everything was fine. Uh, and he's recording the police interaction. So the police come up to the car and they say, Hey, your, your tent's too dark. And he says, yes, um, I am aware of that. I was pulled over recently and I got, a, it's called a fix it ticket. Meaning like I get like 30 days to fix it or something like that. I'm still within the 30 days. So I'm going to get it taken care of. And, uh, the officer just kind of goes through the routine. Okay. You have anything in the car, blah, 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 anything I need to know about. And he says, um, and by now in the film, he's got a backup officer there, right? Hispanic male. So, um, the, uh, when, when the officer asks, he says, you know, yes, I do have a, uh, like a gun in the trunk of my car or something like that, a Smith and Wesson or something like that gun in my car, Smith and Wesson, in case you don't know, is like a company that makes guns. So he says, yeah, I have a, have a gun with me, you know, and it's, it's in the trunk of the car. At least I believe I'm, I'm doing this from memory here. So then the second officer was a woman. She says she, she puts her hand on her gun. Right. She's like, oh, well, um, listen, I'm going to need to get you out of the car. And he's like, whoa, whoa what do I need to get out of the car for? I got, I got the, the tent is getting fixed. I'm to fix the ticket. I'm, I'm fine. I'm a law abiding citizen. You asked if I have a gun, I have a gun in the car. Says, That's fine. There's, I'm not doing anything wrong. And then all of a sudden, both of the officers are like, you know, well, why are you being combative? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the uh, the backup officer, the, the female officer pulls her gun out and points it at, at the guy as he's in the car. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So, of course, there's going to be no uh, issues with her pulling a gun on this guy. There's, you know, she's not going to get reprimanded or anything like that because she was afraid. So the contrast and that that'll be the excuse, the contrast between bravery, which I think is a precursor to her heroism or what we would call a hero. It needs to be applauded. And that's what we're doing today, because we see far too many examples of police doing what we would consider to be cowardly things. 
and then hiding behind the fact that they were scared for their life when indeed there is no threat. And we see this often after the fact there was no threat. He didn't actually have a gun. He was had a cell phone or, you know, whatever, whatever the story is. Right. And so um, in moments like this, it, it's important to applaud the actions of the people that do the job right so that everyone else knows what it, what our expectation is. Mm. Um, and once we have that kind of gold standard established, then we can start kind of working back from there to suggest, okay, well, this is working and this is not working. If you're constantly becoming afraid as you're doing your job, and somehow that fear is costing people their lives, then we need to reassess your value in this capacity. Rams, I think you suggested something once upon a time that was brilliant. And please forgive me if I destroy this in the way that you said it, but I think you'll get what I thought you meant. The officer in that video, officers, that officer and officers like that officer should be who we call when something like this happens. Hey, there's a person here shooting people and those officers should rush to that scene with their rifles and their tanks and all that tactical gear mm -hmm. to handle stuff like that. Right. That same person should not pull me over for doing 75 and a 55. <laughs> and I think Rams has communicated that before. Like we're not saying that there shouldn't be people who come and stop mass shooters when they show up. Yeah. We are saying those same people should not be giving me a speeding ticket yeah. with their gun out. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make any sense. If, if, and if, it shouldn't have ever made any sense. The, and I think the point you're making and the, or the point that I was making at the time was um, it's very strange when you stop and think about it, that for the vast majority of calls to the police department, um, they are, they do not require an individual to show up with a murder weapon, uh, at, on, on their hip. It's just not something that's necessary. Most of the calls that are like welfare checks or, you know, traffic stops, routine traffic stops, things like that, they don't require a, a weapon to, to that, that the, a tool that's only used is to end a life. And the narrative that has been chronicled in this country deeply ingrained in our psyche is that, well, what if something bad happens to the officers? We need to protect officer lives at all costs, even at the expense of the general public. And, and because oftentimes the general public that is being affected by these officers and their guns, that those individuals are black and brown. It's like, you know, as, as a population, as a, as a total, you know, as a country, everybody's surprisingly okay with that. Well, they're just kind of shooting black people, brown people. You know what I mean? It's kind yeah, of the same. It's the same energy. Those people are by nature criminal and most likely to do harm. So of course Isn't they were weird? scared. Isn't that weird? Of course they were scared. They were on Crenshaw and Ramses. So watch this. I'm going to show you the hypocrisy here. Uh, Dave Chappelle pointed this out. Once upon a time, drugs ravaged the black community in this country, ghettos all across the, the country, drugs, crack babies, all kinds of stuff, you know, people dying from overdoses, this and that and the third. And no one cared. 
They criminalized drugs and rather than treating it like, like a health issue, they threw everybody in jail and just turned a blind eye to the rest of it. Let the animals wipe themselves out. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward 25 years, something like that, 30 years, drugs ravage the white community, fentanyl, right? Drugs, same, same thing. Still ravishing. Same thing, right? And now there's programs. People care deeply. We have to do, we have to fix it. We have to change this. It's not, you're not, you'll never see people in jail for fentanyl. Not, not serving them football numbers like, like, you know, if you were. And, and not the users of the drug. Right. People being right. caught selling this stuff in mass are being prosecuted. Sure. Yeah. Of but course. The people who are victims yeah. using this drug and, and putting their lives at risk are being treated like they're sick. That's an excellent and like point. they should be protected and, and like they have value as a human being. And again, that's an excellent point. So we're face to face with the duality that exists in this country. So we'll talk more about it in a second. 